Today's episode of the Buffalo Beat is brought to you by Game Time. All right, everybody, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Bills tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? Well, you can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last minute tickets. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Buffalo Beat here. However you're joining us, whichever uh, way you subscribe to us, thank you for doing so. Or if you, of course, subscribe to The Athletic and you're listening to us on the podcast player, that's pretty awesome, too. Um, my name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. And the Buffalo Bills are 3-1 and one on the season. They have one game to go before they get a week off and a weekend off. Uh and they're going up against a team that could be in the discussion right there with them down the stretch uh, in wildcard talk uh, at the end of the season. That being the 2-2 two and two Tennessee Titans. It's a matchup that uh, is certainly a pretty close one. And we haven't really... Uh, the, the line on the game has been pretty close, but we'll get to that in a minute. Because I think where the line either shifts, or maybe it doesn't, who knows, is with what is going on with Josh Allen. Because that is, by and large, the thing that everyone is wondering, whether or not he is going to play. He's in concussion protocol. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. He, uh, he practiced uh, both on Wednesday and Thursday, participated in routes versus air. We were... Uh, we were not privy to seeing any portion of the team practice, so we don't know team drill practice. So if we don't know if he uh, participated there, but what I can report is that he played two games of ping pong in the locker room on Thursday. So, I mean, if you want to draw anything from that, by all means. But Matthew Fairburn, I, I don't know about you, but the my gut is kind of telling me that I think Josh Allen is going to play on Sunday just based on what we've seen so far throughout the week. What about you? I feel better about his chances of playing now than I did um, when he first went off the field and and when, honestly, when I was driving to the stadium on Wednesday. Um, I I feel like what he's done the last two days trends in the right direction. Just a lot of it's guesswork at this point because the concussion protocol is really out of the team's hands and – there's a lot of gray area in some ways in terms of um, how a guy advances to the next stage or gets cleared and all that. But just observing him, um, he seems pretty upbeat mm-hmm. and he's full of energy at practice. So dancing around and stretching. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what all that means, but this is a guy who absolutely loves to play. And if he thought he were trending towards not playing, I'm not sure he would have that same enthusiasm, but maybe he would. Like I said, it's a lot of uh, kind of guesswork when it comes to a concussion. But 
I think it's trending in a better direction than it looked like it was for a little while there, but the big we'll thing see. was on Wednesday he was able to throw in individual portions of practice at least, which and he was and if you also want to look at signs, he was the first quarterback to take the the snap and and he was the first quarterback to um, do routes versus air and usually the order is indicative of what they're thinking in a, in a given week but um, but even just the fact that he's throwing passes to his receivers that is it, it reads the way that stage four of the concussion protocol reads that is seems like it fits under that description which would then mean he would need to be cleared by an independent neurologist and then He's he's it. So if he's this close and there's all these signs pointing in the right direction, you know, that's why it seems like it's it's trending that way um, for Allen to potentially play this week. And uh, I don't think anyone should be surprised by this because he's, um, as you said, there isn't anything. Uh, there probably isn't anything more that Josh Allen likes to do than to be on the field and and play in football games. It just, that's, that's just him. He, he loves it. And he's, you can always tell by his demeanor what's going on and if he's able to play or not. And um, that's why all of these things are leading me in that direction. So I guess let's, let's assume that he does play on, on Sunday. I mean, we'll, we'll do a brief section if he does not but let's assume he does. How he impacts this matchup, I think is, is pretty significant because I think the Tennessee defense is pretty darn good and they have some guys that can get after the passer, certainly. Um, Harold Landry coming to mind more than anything. And minor note, Ty Insecki has not practiced the, the last two days with an ankle injury, has not even been out there. Um, so that looks like it's not exactly um, trending up for the Bills, which would mean Cody Ford would then start at right tackle. So if I'm envisioning like Harold Landry versus Cody Ford, and then inside, Jarrell Casey's still a monster. And then you've got Jones in the middle at nose tackle, who's who's a really good player in himself. Um, I think having Allen, who can who has the escapability to get out from that pressure, um, significantly raises their potential in this game. With rather than having the uh, rather than having Barkley, who is uh, more, I guess, tied to the pocket than anything, because he's just not as mobile. So I think I think it has a it adds a significant flair to the matchup for the Bills. What about you? Well, there's also the flip side of it is that you know Josh Allen in a game that is likely to be a bit of a heavyweight fight between two really good defenses. The Titans have not turned the football over at all this season, and the Bills have done it often. (laughs) And so if Josh Allen is playing, I think they have probably more uh, an increased likelihood that they'll be turning the football over a few times, and you know that could make the difference in this game. This could be one of those low-scoring games that swings on a turnover or two, so... You know, I think that's why the line is already out there. I think I don't know how much it shifts with a different quarterback because I don't think Josh Allen has reached that point where he's impacting the the point spread of games um, significantly just yet. 
And it probably, you know, factors in that Matt Barkley is a decent backup. I think Matt Barkley would probably get the ball out of his hands quicker. He probably would be less likely to turn it over, although he's had a history in the league of, of doing that too. But uh, I'll be, I, I think, you know, almost the as significant as Devin Singletary and if he's able to play. Yeah. Because that's big. That would help them lean on the running game even more. Um, and, you know, maybe take the ball out of Allen's hands a little bit to, to, to slow things down for him. But I don't know. It'll be, it's a, I think this is as big or very close to as big a game as last week in some ways. And I know it's not being treated that way and it's not, you know, it's not at home. It's not against the Patriots. Uh, There won't be as many national eyes on it, but at the end of the season, when you're looking at the standings and figuring out playoff tiebreakers, this will be one that the Bills will want to have a head to head against a team like Tennessee, Mm -hmm. who will likely be fighting for one of those wild card spots uh, you know, a conference opponent. This will impact their conference record. So all those things matter, and that makes this a, a pretty massive game on Sunday. Yeah, it does. It, it, the other part of it is the Bills' defense has been so good this entire season that there's also potential that uh, the Bills could force the Titans into a different direction at quarterback even if Marcus Mariota struggles enough at Everything I've read is um, from people that have been tracking them has been, you know, it, he's been struggling, not very decisive in the down the field stuff. And um, it, it's it's opening up the door for Ryan Tannehill. Now, they did go into Atlanta and beat them last week, but they did go out and get Tannehill for a reason. And he is quite experienced when it comes to being a starter. And so perhaps he's also the, awful against the Bills. Yeah, so no, I'm not even I saying. I would probably say keep him far away. From I'm the not field even saying like Bills. he'll be in that game. I'm just saying like the Bills could influence their season if they make Mariota look so bad that maybe they opt to go Tannehill, and that that might make their season go into the tank a little bit, a little bit more than it did, um, perhaps with a more safe Mariota. But uh, I think your Singletary point was right on. I'm not sold that he will be back this week um made it a point to ask sean mcdermott on thursday uh especially with the bye week coming up and it being a hamstring and um he he admitted that that's something that they are talking about and that weighs into the decision and you know with they've gotten by for a couple of weeks with frank gore and devin singletary is it while it's this game is important and it would be nice to have him chasing the or chasing the edge getting outside the tackles everything like that would it almost be better for them for the final 11 games to make sure that he's all the way back before before unleashing him you know it's just you never want to you never want to make a guy come back too early from a hamstring injury it's it's the old adage but it's absolutely true because you can you can crucially set back someone like by a, by a grand scale, just by rushing them back just a little bit too early, and um, we've seen it time and time again. Even here in Buffalo, we've seen guys who rush back from hamstring injuries re-injure themselves. So that that's one that I think they need to be a little bit careful with. Yeah, I I think so. He he adds such a different dynamic to their offense that it's tempting to want to get him back in there as soon as possible. But 
he's also pretty important to the offense and you know being healthy throughout the season is something that you have to keep in mind if he's ready if he's back to 100 percent, i don't see a need to sit him out but if he's less than then you, you just have to play it particularly safe with a young player who is going to have to play 16 games for the first time in his life he had a huge workload in college um, which is you have to factor in because those are miles on his tires that a lot of guys don't enter the league with. He carried the ball a ton um, in college. So I would understand if they're cautious with him, particularly with Frank Gore playing the way that he's playing. But this would be a nice game to have him back if he's ready to roll and, and can get in you know, a full practice and, and look 100% heading into the weekend. Uh, you know, at some point you got to roll the ball out there, but it wouldn't wouldn't hurt to give them this week and, and then the bye week and then know going into the Eagles game that he's 100% and you don't have to worry about him. But quite frankly, you probably will have to worry about it all season long um, because that's sort of the nature of, of a hamstring injury is that it can linger a little bit if you let it, and that's probably part of the uh, the overall you know, decision-making yeah. process that they're going through. I mean, they've, they've got another week where he can just be off of it. And that, that's gotta be so tempting. I mean, at this point in the season, it's still early. It, it seems like it's coming at the exact perfect time for him, for Singletary to where they don't have to rush through and figure everything out um, and try and rush him back. Yeldon looked good last week. I mean, catching passes out of the backfield, he didn't get a single carry, but he at the very least looked explosive as a pass catcher. Frank Gore was able to do things well against a pretty good Patriots defense, busted a couple of big runs. So it's not as though they're completely void of talent at, at running back. He just adds a different element. So I, I'd almost, because he had such a different element, I, I, I'd just be inclined to wait on it and to make sure he's, he's fully back. That way he gets a full month, get him back for the Miami game, work him back in slowly because you're probably not going to have to worry too much about that game. And then you, you got him for a big stretch of games against some NFC East opponents uh, in, right in the middle of the season. So if, if it were me, I would probably sit him aside. But I do want to circle back to Josh Allen really quickly because, I don't know, I, I think it's more of a looking at what he is. And I, I know that the bias of the what, what just happened on Sunday against the Patriots is is in everyone's mind. But I also want to be cognizant of what he did uh, in the Bengals game, what he did in the Giants game, what he did in the Jets game, and what he did at the end of last season, too. Because I think um, he is not nearly as bad as what he showed to be against the Patriots. I think that is a very safe statement and something that you know, we, we can't lose sight of here when we're trying to figure out who he is. And I also think this Titans defense isn't as good as the Patriots. I think there are some weaknesses in the secondary. Um, and they, they can be beaten, for, for sure. Uh, they're not, they're, they're a much better defense than the Giants and Bengals, so don't get, get me wrong there. But I, I don't think they, they stack up to the Patriots. So I, I, just with the different dynamics that Allen brings to the table, and it wouldn't be a, a large swing by any means, but I do think that he 
gives the the Titans a much many more problems than Matt Barkley would if if he were in the lineup. I think he in terms of his entire season so far, he has shown at least enough of a baseline to to make defenses play him honestly and to figure out um, or, or at least to keep into account all of the different factors that make him into a, a unique um, passer and, and runner and, and all of these different things. So I, I think he, he would have a, a pretty large impact if, if, if he's in this game, whether it be positive or negative, whether it be turnovers or, you know, having a game like he did against the Giants or um, certainly in the, uh, in the comeback effort against the Bengals and, and really the, the first quarter – yeah, the first quarter of the Bengals game, he, he was pretty good there too. So uh, I, there, I think there is an impact here for him. Yeah, he still gives the team the best chance to win. I don't think there's any question about that. And when he his highs are much higher than Matt Barkley's and his lows are probably a good deal lower in some ways because, you know, the swings can be dramatic. But, you know, I, I do think – there's an element of if they keep the game close, you know, who do you want to have the football in his hand in the fourth quarter? And it's Josh Allen, not yeah, Matt Barkley. Without and, question. You know, even go back to, I mean, completely different teams and everything else, but you think back to the last time the Bills played in Nashville, uh, it was 2015, and Tyrod Taylor kind of stole that game in the fourth quarter. I mean, not much has a lot of personnel has changed, but not much has changed about the outlook of this game. A, you know, probably will be a similar defensive struggle. And, you know, when it's close like that, you kind of want the ball in, in Allen's hands because he can, you know, make plays with his legs and, and he's shown the ability to do good things in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But it's also mildly terrifying to have the ball in his hands in such a close game because of, of the other things that can happen. But there's a reason... You know, they invested what they did in him. There's a reason he's their starting quarterback, and it's because he, he gives them a much better chance to win than Matt Barkley does and I think would lift the entire team up just by being out there. So we'll see what happens in the coming days if he's able to clear and get healthy. I mean, it's, it's his brain we're talking about, not the uh, oh, for sure. not a knee, not his elbow or whatever else. It's um, to be handled, you know, a little bit differently. But if he clears protocol, he clears protocol, and – you know, like I said, they need this win as badly mm-hmm. as any on the schedule in probably the next month, right? Because it's what Eagles, Washington, out of the gate, out of the bye week, Miami, Miami, uh, first. Miami sandwiched in there. And man, if you can't beat Miami, then you're yeah, you're really not uh, Miami at the home, team you thought you were. You. Um, so Philly, you know, those games are first of all, Miami should be a layup, and the other two are non-conference games. Not that they're not important, but um, you know, they're not going to factor in the same way this Titans game will. So um, the important part is certainly with all these guys that they're healthy for that tough stretch of the schedule that's coming up. But they have a pretty good chance to, to rattle off some wins here mm-hmm. um, if if they're healthy and, and able to, to field their best group. And I think obviously 17 is a part of that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, elsewhere in the matchup, the uh, – I think I think the um, the one guy that that's kind of a I don't know maybe a, maybe a wild card for this game um, and just going off of watching the Titans Falcons game 
Austin Hooper had a huge, huge afternoon against the Tennessee Titans defense. They, no matter if it was zone or man coverage, I mean, Hooper was was getting open. And, of course, Matt Ryan was spotting him and, and seeing him get out into the open field and, and uh, you know, taking advantage of these, uh, these opportunities. Whereas if it's Josh Allen, then maybe he's, he sees the, the field a bit less than a Matt Ryan would, where Matt Ryan is in his career. But I think this is, this is a very interesting play for Dawson Knox. And I know we just had him on the pod yesterday. And I know he's going to be playing right around the corner from where he grew up. And he's going to be super charged up about that. Or he'll try not to be, but he'll try to keep it level. But he, I mean, it's human nature. He's a rookie. He's going to be playing there. It's going to be big. It's going to be big for him. Um, I think this is a, this is a potentially big spot for him because Tyler Croft probably isn't going to play again. And if Knox can get out in the open field, which we know he can, he, he has that route running ability. He has the ability to make a play. He gets the occasional drop. I think he's got three on the year now but I think this is a big spot for Dawson Knox I think he could really have a profound impact on this game yeah he's getting a ton of snaps and he's been thrown to a lot um, considering you know that he missed a lot of training camp and he was one of Josh Allen's favorite targets in the spring oh, and so forgot if, about that. if yeah, they had was. if they had the chance to build on that in the summer um, he may have he may be getting thrown out even more often. So things he can do in the open field, what he can do with the ball in his hands, I think make him one of their most dynamic pass catchers right now. I mean, outside of John Brown, I'm not sure there's anybody else that you think, you know, once he gets the ball in his hands is as dangerous as Dawson Knox is. So I think he should, like Tyler Croft or no Tyler Croft, Dawson Knox should continue to be a big part of this this offense. Yeah, you can't it should continue him. to grow. I mean, he is he's really good. You spend a third round pick on a guy like that and he makes the impact that he's making. I mean, the reason you don't you know, put too much on a, a rookie tight end's plate early is the blocking part of it, but he's arguably better at that than he is at being a pass catcher right now. So, I think that's not a problem mentally. None of this seems to be a problem for him and you know, he's clearly, uh, you know, a playmaker. So to me, you know, whether it's this week or going forward, I mean, that guy should just continue to get more involved. I feel like he's, um, you know, quite the talent and really an untapped talent because they didn't really use him at Ole Miss. And, you know, they're kind of, you know, Brian Dable and, and the offensive staff here are kind of figuring out how to use him the best way and, and experimenting on the fly, and it's been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, considering how he can do everything. I mean, he's he's coming along as a route runner. He can separate. He has the athleticism to get yards after the catch. He can make some ridiculous catches. Like the one at the end of the first half against the Patriots, that was – I. You know, I, I hate bringing up this name because of the, the context, but the catch itself reminded me of a play Rob Gronkowski would make where he's falling backwards to right along the sideline and somehow just puts his big mitts on, on the ball and, and brings it in. And that was just a huge play in a huge spot. 
Not to say that he's anywhere close to Rob Gronkowski. If he's ever going to be, it was just that play exclusively. But considering how hellacious of a blocker he is at this point, and then adding the the burgeoning ability as um, as a pass catcher and as a route runner, you're you're dead on. They, they should not shy away from him. Um, he has taken advantage of this opportunity of Tyler Croft being out by leaps and bounds. And it's to the point now where once Croft does come back, he'll still have a role, but I don't know if it's going to be a starting role. I'm sure he'll he'll get a fair amount of time in there, but I'm just thinking of the the different ways that Brian Dable can use both of those guys on the same formation, you know, because Croft is a pretty good blocker himself. Um, I think Knox is probably a better blocker than Croft at this point, but Croft has also never been a full-time starter. And so it's not as though they should feel beholden to him being in the starting lineup. If you're trying to chase the playoffs and this rookie is showing you something that nobody else on your roster does, there is literally no reason for you to go away go away from him in those situations. He's getting over 60% of snaps. He's um, he's able to stay on the field in any situation. And it was very telling that down the stretch of the game, Dawson Knox was in there every single play. And when they needed to march it down and try and score to go ahead of, uh, of the Patriots, Knox was in there. And that's, that's just indicative of what he's become for this team. And I, I, I kind of think it's funny that, you know, if we, if we look back to the first week of the season... There was a fair few fans when Croft was about to come back, where, the, or I would, I, I had suggested that Tommy Sweeney would be the one to be inactive on game day. There would be fans who'd be like, "Oh no, it should be Knox." I mean, Sweeney's so far ahead of Knox, and it's like, mm, I don't know about that. And um, lo and behold, here we are a few weeks later, and Knox seems like he is he has a bunch of potential, especially for a late third round pick. Yeah, Knox is much more talented yeah. um, and not really a knock on Tommy Sweeney. There's a reason one was a third-round pick and one was a seventh. I think Tommy Sweeney is pretty pretty good um, you know, and farther along than I expected him to be. But I think all Croft returning will mean is you know, Tommy Sweeney's probably inactive on game days and Lee Smith's snap count probably goes way down. And both of those things are not bad. Uh, I, I mean, Tyler Croft and Dawson Knox is a nice little one-two punch at tight end and opens up the offense to some different things and maybe Mike makes life a little bit easier for Josh Allen, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, what they're able to do. So I'm interested to see what happens when they both come back, but I, I've, you know, been beating the Dawson Knox drum a little bit, and I, I think – whether it's – I don't know how much of a breakout he'll have the rest of the year, but I think there's a realistic chance if he stays healthy that next year he's flirting with double-digit touchdowns. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not going too far out there, I don't think. I mean, and we we tend to keep most things level-headed on this podcast and never – I mean, you got, you all know us. We, we, don't, we don't go too far um, – Keep it very 
logically based and in the moment and with a with a broad perspective. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the, Knox has more potential of any tight end I've seen the Bills have. In I'm trying to think back to one <laughs> that has had more potential since I've been covering them. I mean. Sean Nelson, maybe, but Sean Nelson sucked at blocking. Like, Dawson Knox, it seems like he can do everything. If you can put up with the occasional drop pass, I mean, it's all there for the taking for him. Which should improve, you would think, as he's kind of figuring things out yeah. and gets a little bit more comfortable. Sometimes I mean, it's just a thing with guys. Every once in a while, I'm they sure he'll, the ball. he'll drop. He'll still drop passes, and, you know, there's focus issues and um, so much that goes into drops, but um, the guy has a ton of talent, mm-hmm. and I think he's already an upgrade over what Charles Clay brought to the table yeah, no last year. So, no uh, you know, th- that position, while not a strength on the team just yet, is trending towards becoming one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Tyler Croft can get healthy and stay healthy, and if Dawson Knox continues to trend the way that he is. Mm-hmm. And then he got Lee Smith. Block- he's a good blocker. His- yeah. Got to stop taking penalties, but good blocker. Yeah, he. I mean, it was a really strong start to the season for him, and then this past game, the three penalties, and then you know he got he lost a couple of his blocks, and it it wasn't great. But his day could have been shifted dramatically. Remember that John Brown throwback uh, where he threw it to T.J. Yeldon on the other side of the field. Lee Smith was wide open in the end zone on John Brown's side of the field. I'm talking wide open. And um, I think the play was probably designed for Brown to throw it back, and the defender made a great – I think it was J.C. Jackson. Um, But had he even looked on his side of the field, there was nobody near Lee Smith. And why would you ever think Lee Smith would would be out there for for a pass? But there we are. Um, So – but, yeah, he he needs to improve from where he was last week. All right, now let's get to the Shaq Lawson meditation – prediction hour um the bills on the road against the titans titans are three point favorites as of thursday uh i'll let you lead it off what do you what do you think about this game both in terms of who wins and against the spread yeah it's tricky with josh allen's status kind of up in the air i'm going to operate assuming that josh allen will play and i i think it's going to be tough sledding for the offense against tennessee's defense but I don't know if I see Tennessee's offense being able to do much against Buffalo's defense, assuming they show up to play, which they've done pretty much every week at this point. I think the days of them having lulls and, you know, those bad games might be behind them, but it's early. You know, they could Mm -hmm. still um, have one or two duds because of the way this league is and and offense is, you know, kind of having a little bit of an, an advantage with the rules, but... I don't see Marcus Mariota lighting them up by any means. I think Derrick Henry is a really good back and could be a bit of a handful, but I'm going to say the Bills win 17-13 to 13 if Josh Allen's healthy. They, they keep it close, and you know, going into the fourth quarter, Josh Allen finds a way. I think you know this game last year came down to defense and special teams. Steven Hauschka was huge in this game last year, and he's been – you know, pretty much rock solid this year as well. So I think there's, uh, you know, if the Bills have their special teams shored up and the defense plays the way it should, 
the offense should be able to do enough to get it done. Yeah. Um, so Bills win and cover. What if they win, they cover. Right. What about if Barkley plays? Barkley plays, I'm less confident in the Bills. I mean, I know there's the idea that he protects the football better and keeps them in it longer, which is probably true, but I also don't think he generates quite as many explosive plays. So if Barkley plays, I'll flip the score. How about that? 17 mm. 13 Titans. I still think it's going to be close. And it'll the be Titans a, cover in that situation. It'll be a, a grinded out type of game. Yeah, three point spreads are tricky that way. Yeah, they are. But they always, you know, some teams do find a way to get in there, lose by a point or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I don't have quite as much confidence uh, in Matt Barkley to get it done, mostly because I don't know if the same big plays will be there that are uh, occasionally there with Josh Allen, you know, through the first four weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, if Josh Allen plays, uh, I also believe the the Bills should win this game. Um, like I said, the, the Titans' defense is good. I don't think they're anywhere near the level of what the Patriots are. And I'm sure if Allen plays, the Titans will try to uh, mimic what the Patriots did to confuse him at the line of scrimmage, bring some pressure early to rattle him like lots of pressure and to see if he can, you know, get off base a little bit in the same way or uh, off base of where he was operating against the giants and the Bengals, because both those games, I thought Allen did a pretty solid job of protecting, protecting the ball and staying with within the offense. But the Patriots game was just a complete difference from what we saw in those two games. So I do think the Titans will will try. I just don't think they have the same type of players to, to get back to them. So I'll take the Bills in this game um, with Josh Allen. I think uh, it's going to be rainy too, or at least it's supposed to be rainy. I think I'll go um, with the Bills. The Bills winning... Uh, well, yeah, the Bills winning, so the Bills would, would be covering the, the spread in, in that, for instance. If Matt Barkley plays in this game, I also think, uh, just like you, I think the Titans probably get this game. But because of how turnover-averse you would think Barkley is as opposed to Josh Allen and how good this Bills defense is... Um, I would tend to think that, uh, that it's going to be tight right down to the end. And I'll say if Barkley plays, the Titans win on a game-winning field goal to give them a one- or two-point win, which would mean the Bills would cover. Um, not entirely confident in that, but, you know, hey, because we, we haven't seen a ton from Matt Barkley. It's been one quarter against the Patriots and a game against the Jets. So be it as it may. But Derrick Henry going to be huge in this game because don't forget the Titans get Taylor Lewan back in this game. He's, he is very, very excited to be back. And I think and he's fresh. He's very fresh. Um, looking forward to kind of talking with, with Jerry Hughes about Taylor Lewan and what he has to expect coming out of, because apparently Lewan was like the first one in the building the first day he was eligible to be back. Um, he's also an extremely good player. Uh, they have a good offensive line for the most part. They're uh, Saffold, I think, has seen better days, but Jones is good at center. 
Um, the right guard is a little up in the air right now. The right tackle, Conklin's pretty good. So they, they're not going to be able to generate a ton of pressure on Mariota, I don't think. So I think uh, the linebackers in the secondary are going to have to win this one for the Bills um, in the, a lot in the same way as they did against the Bengals and really against the Jets too because uh, they, they, they had a pretty good game there. All right, so with Josh Blaze, we both have the Bills to win and coincidentally to cover because they're not favored. And then if Barkley plays... We both have the Titans winning, but Fairburn has the Titans covering. I have the Bills beating the three-point spread. Everybody got that? Everyone, put your pencils down. Um, that's that's the Shaq Lawson meditation hour. <laughs> Any last thoughts on this game before we bid them adieu? No, I'm looking forward to getting down to, to Nashville. It's supposed to be 90 degrees on Saturday, but then, like you said, rainy yeah. and stormy for what should be a, a slobber knocker. It's a great term. I'll so, probably use it. It'll be a rock fight, as they like to say. If you don't use slobber knocker in your copy somewhere, we're going to have an issue, I think, because now now the fans expect it. Last week I used swashbuckled as a verb. I saw it. That was good. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it can be a verb, but I did it. Well, screw it. It's a verb now. There are new, no rules. We make the rules, right? Maybe slobber knocked. Slobber knocked is a verb, I think. If it gets, through, if it gets through editing... I think it's a win. That's right. That means it's a word. Yes, exactly. All right. So the next time you'll hear from us, two swashbucklers, right? Right? Could we? Could we be swashbucklers? Um, It'll be after the game where the Bills take on the Titans. And then um, we'll, of course, go over whether or not the... uh, the, uh, The Bills are in a great spot at 4-1 heading into the bye or... Maybe not as great of a spot as we thought at three and two with um, a semi-difficult schedule on the horizon, Miami not included. So for now, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Uh, For Matthew Fairburn, uh, thank you all for listening to us. And uh, as a reminder, if you have not yet, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. And of course, if you want to listen to the subscriber-only podcast, uh, you have to head over to theathletic.com and sign up. If you use the uh, the URL, theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat, I checked it this morning. You can still get 40% off, so I want to take advantage of that because that, uh, that Dawson Knox interview we did yesterday was pretty fun. All right, so thank you everyone for listening, and we will talk to you on Sunday from Nashville. See you then.